back everyone to the standing room only podcast episode 41 uh we got some awesome news to talk about with you guys this week no guests on the podcast just goose and i as always if you guys do enjoy the podcast make sure you give us a download that's the best way to show support it's the only way we can see our analytics uh we don't know how to look at the streams or whatever but downloads best way show support uh, you can follow us on our social media page sr only pod you can follow our personals you can follow myself at the healy six and you can follow goose i'm i goose with four o's as always don't ask why twitter instagram for both of us i know healy also has a youtube channel if you guys are into streaming uh video games especially mlb the show go give him a follow um and of course our uh, SR Only Pod, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as Healy said. I just want to reiterate, it's important you guys hit that download button because we don't see our views from Apple Podcasts and from Spotify. We only see the downloads. So it is important to us. If you guys like what you hear, leave feedback, leave a rating. Uh, and we stay interactive on social media. So Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube as well. Leave some comments on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, as Healy said, we have a lot to talk about the last week. Uh, we did have Josiah Gray the week before. We had Tyson Miller. This week, we don't have a special guest, but guess what? Myself and Healy are about as special as it's going to get. So uh, let's get things started, Healy. I know we were talking earlier. Um, baseball, We, you know, we're, let's keep it with the same order. MLB, huge, huge news, huge games. Uh, do you want to start it off? Do you want me to start it off? You I can. Think- You're the Sox fan. I'm the Sox fan. So over the past week through the weekend, we had the Sox and Cubs go at it. And the Sox destroyed the the baseball. They destroyed the baseball. They destroyed the Cubs in the first two games. Jose Abreu hit six home runs against the Cubs himself. He hit two, then three, then one. Uh, one of the best performances I've seen in a series um, hopefully he can bring that out when and if and when they make it to the playoffs. He still actually he had another home run today. Um, <clears throat> great series. Uh, it, it you know the bats came out. The Cubs won Game Three. You Darvish pitched lights out as I as he's been. You mm-hmm. Darvish has been uh, since the second half of baseball last year, leading into this year. He's been hot. He's been hot and he's very hard to hit. Um, Healy, what were some of your takeaways? I know, or, you know, your predictions were the Cubs aren't going to be that good. They started off hot. What's your take now on the Cubs so far? Oh man. I, I posted a gif or a video on Twitter the other day and it was, uh, the Arizona coach, Arizona Cardinals coach from when they played the bears. And he <laughs> said, they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Basically That's posted hilarious. that because they started off 13-3, and three, and everyone was huh. like, oh, my. The, the Cubs are the real deal. I thought they were going to carry that momentum throughout the season, and but unfortunately, no. Uh, they've had some injuries. Quintana now is off the IL. Tyler Chatwood hit the IL for a few days. AB is on the IL right now, but... This offense, it's gotten pretty cold. The pitching, starting pitching, is looking not so great again. Yep. Like they started off with a lot of quality starts with Kyle Hendricks, Lester, Darvish, Alec Mills was even in there. Tyler Chatwood was good to start off. A lot of quality starts, which meant that the bullpen didn't need to be in the games as long as uh as often as as they uh might have been prevent them from blowing games and that's changed kyle hendricks past couple starts he's gotten hit around a little bit got hit against the white Sox. i think he also got hit around against um maybe the indians when they played the indians but i think they won Mm -hmm. that game but oh man the offense has gotten cold ian hap is looking great he's still looking pretty decent he's in that leadoff spot though which I feel like any time the Cubs put someone in the leadoff spot, they just don't perform well. Yeah. Don't know what it is with that team, especially now that there's a DH in which, yeah, the leadoff spot, you ha- like to start off the game, 
you have to face that pitcher. Who knows? You might you didn't get to see how he approached other batters. You might be a little off first, but with the DH now that that pretty much eliminates all the all the spots. You just got to be ready when your spot in the order comes up. Anthony Rizzo's okay. He's getting on base a ton. He's walking, but his average isn't there. Javi did hit two home runs, I believe, yesterday. Oh, no, that was two days ago. Two days ago, mm-hmm. Javi hit two home runs, which thought I thought he was going to bounce back, but he's still looking okay. Contreras is just looking okay. The Kipnis, like, hot start. That's cooled down a bit. He's down in, like, the 270s, 260s after starting off hitting, like, 320. So it's just... Not looking too good. They're about to lose two out of three to the Tigers. They just lost two out of three to the White Sox. They got to play five against the Reds this weekend. They got to play against the Pirates next weekend or next week. I thought this was going to be a big week, big turnaround. And it's it's just not looking like it. So they're holding the lead in the NL Central for now, but I... I would not be surprised if that lead gets taken over in the next week or two just because the Cubs are where I thought they would be performance-wise for the year. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I So I, my prediction is they, would, they started off hot, and I was like, okay, they're playing to how I thought they would actually play. And uh, Lester, you know, obviously had a bad outing against the Sox. Um, they kept them in the game. Too. And he pitched today. He gave up a few runs. I believe he's slated for the loss. If they end up losing, we don't know. It's still the seventh inning. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. The, the bats went cold. Um, Ian Happ's actually having a good game today, but he was in the 300s. Now he's dropped down to, like, a 279, 280. Um, I think the biggest story for the Cubs is their starting pitching. If, if Lester doesn't get it going and Hendricks is going to get rocked around mm. – you Darvish can't lead them to the playoffs, especially the Cardinals who are a game over 500. They have a, there are a lot of games behind as far as total games played because of the whole COVID crisis. They can get hot and win two, three, four, five, six in a row, because that's just how the Cardinals are. They're a weird franchise. They always are in the playoff hunt. Um, I, the Cubs are going to have to get it going. Losing series against, okay, maybe against the White Sox is one thing. The Sox have been the hottest team in the past couple weeks, especially their bats. Mm-hmm. Losing to Detroit, losing two out of three there, that's that's not good. Um, Can't I have that. Lose, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Quintana did pitch today, uh, yesterday, yesterday, I believe. Yeah, he yeah, came he, out of the uh, pen. So is he not starting, or are they, they, they're going to bring him out of the pen for now? I think it was just like a bullpen day. Like, okay. like, they don't have rehab starts right now. They can't send mm-hmm. him somewhere for rehab starts. They, I don't think you'd want him in the alternate site. But I think yesterday sure. was more of a, okay, we'll pitch you out of the pen. This game, it's out of reach. Let's just get you back into the swing get of things those pitches so in. that yeah. you can be in the rotation. Also, Lester, he only allowed one run, so he would not be for the loss. Five okay. of the six runs have come from uh, the relief pitching which is what you were talking about quality starts uh, in which a quality start uh, if you want for the for the listeners a quality start if i'm not wrong is what six innings uh, six innings three or less runs okay and uh that's definitely a quality start um well you got he, five he ended up getting five innings see they pulled him kind of early there uh and it's 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 at the point where there's not a whole lot of baseball left you know they're what almost 30 games into the season. That's half the season already. So we're going to have, uh, we're at the end of August. We're going to have one more full month of baseball mm-hmm. and we're going right into the playoffs. Yeah. Cubs, I still think are going to slide in. I mean, they have the division right now. Uh, they are a team that's streaky. Javi gets hot out of nowhere. He can hit two home runs. Uh, Rizzo is another streaky guy. Bryant, I know was on the IL. I don't know if he's still, he, he still is for the next couple of days. Yeah, I you know I'm not sold on Chris Bryant anymore. I felt like if we can go back two years when he was on the trading block, it you know that they probably should have pulled the trigger at the time. But you know, obviously they they were a serious contender, and um, uh, you know, for the contrary, at least on the south side, if we if we go to the south side, the Sox have been hot. Um, yeah. Yesterday, Lucas Giolito pitches a no hitter. 
for the Chicago White Sox in front of no fans. <laughs> no yeah. hitter in front of no fans. In front of no fans, which, I mean, at this rate, as we always joke about, they don't really fill their uh, stands anyways. But incredible, incredible um, pitching performance. One walk, 13 strikeouts, back-to-back games with 13 Ks. Uh, in the game before against Detroit, he gave up only three hits. Last two games, 26 strikeouts, three hits, dominating mm-hmm. performance. Uh, the bats, they obviously, they, they've been putting up a lot of runs. And, I mean, this is the Chicago White Sox that I expected to see, that the fan base expected to see, where they can give up four or five runs and still win a game by two or three runs because that's just mm-hmm. how powerful they are. Uh, but shout-out to Lucas Giolito. Incredible game. Uh, James McCann caught the game. Great, you know, he had a great game be, uh, behind the plate. And uh, huge shout out to the defense. There were some plays out there where, you know, Tim Anderson had uh, a bang bang play. He had to throw to first, and Jose Abreu was thrown off the bag. He had to get a little. Uh, he had to tag the runner running to first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the and the last out of the game, uh, Engel he had the uh, he had a sprint for that that liner to uh, to right field. I. Thought that was gonna drop. I thought it did too. As soon as it was hit, I was like, "Oh no!" It's a good spot was, too. Was, yeah, great swing for the batter. I mean, it's one of the you know when you play baseball, it's one of those you can accept it out. Mm-hmm. You you put your head down a little bit because you're like, "Ah, I got out." But like when you hit the sweet spot of the bat and it's a liner and the defender is just right there and there's nothing you can do, that's kind of what the play was. Except for Adam Engel, he just made a great jump on the ball as soon as the uh, bat you know the crack of the bat he he you know he was able to run and make the right play uh but overall super satisfied with the white Sox. um that division is still up in the air uh with cleveland their pitching is out of this world their starters with bieber yesterday he had uh what 12 strikeouts or something like that he's been ridiculous Oh yeah, he's been hot. And then Minnesota. Minnesota's been like the one of the hottest teams in the AL. Mm-hmm. So that 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 division is stacked in for the top three. Um White Sox, they started off slow and now they're coming around. So I think as long as they can stay healthy and that is gonna be the key factor, they are dangerous in basically one through nine in their lineup. They have guys who can smack bombs from Tim Anderson. Obviously, Lewis Robert, we saw hit a huge line drive home run against the Cubs. Uh, Jose Abreu, the, I, the list goes on and on. Just a matter of staying healthy, Lucas Giolito, and hopefully one of these other starters. Maybe Dylan Cease can be that that solid number two or three in the playoffs. We'll see. Um, but uh, but baseball, the last couple weeks has been fun for me as a Southsider, as a fan of the White Sox. Not so fun for Healy. Um <laughs> It's been fun watching the Sox when they haven't been playing the Cubs. Uh, they still got they still got a three game set, uh, in a, or at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Fun or like fun fact though, yesterday in Lucas Giolito's no hitter, that final play was hit one hundred two point six miles per hour off the bat. Wow. You want to hear the expecting batting average of a hit like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's hear that. Let's get let's get a guess first. One hundred two. Um. Yeah, line drive to right field. What What do you think an expected batting average of that should be? I'm gonna say three. Let's Let's keep it nothing crazy. Let's go three fifty. Raise raise it a lot higher than that. Are we talking about a five hundred? Higher. It was an eight fifty expecting batting wow. average. Wow. Eight fifty. So is that pretty much guaranteed an eight fifty because that, that would generally could be a home run with that uh velocity off the bat? It was only thirteen degrees launch angle, so no. Okay. But for hits that are in that range and that launch angle and everything, it's generally an 850 batting average. Yeah. So it, it that really just goes to show that Angle Angle played that right. He yeah. just played it right. I mean, even Giolito uh after the game, he he thanked his defense like four or five times and 
you know, obviously you always got to think the catcher who catches your game, but you know, he, he, he noted like that was a great, it, when you watch it on the highlight, you're like, okay, he was there. The player was there, but for, as you, even as you just said to bat over and, you know, that's an over an 800 uh, batting average with that velocity. And that's, that's like a newer, newer stat over the past few years uh, with this, you know, the speed off the bat, um that's that's a good macro stat there but like you know for angle to get there that that just goes to show that this team as much as they do have mishaps on the defensive side that they are fundamentally sound and I think you know going forward um that that's going to be a huge momentum you get you know I don't know what it does for for the locker room but I could imagine a no hitter uh raising the chemistry the momentum um probably at an all-time high for this team, especially since mm-hmm. they've been slumping over the last few years. Um, you know, you have young talent, you have uh, guys from all over the world on your team. And, uh, you know, uh, that's that's a good stat. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm super, I'm pumped right now for, for this team going forward. And it's as weird as it sounds, we only have a month left of baseball. Yeah, trade deadline is Monday. So the next podcast, we will go over all the trades that happen. We'll see what trades actually. Yeah. Well, there was a trade that happened recently, but um, I I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, maybe during the baseball preview, but I thought this White Sox team this year, they reminded me of the 2015 Cubs. I I I'm, I feel like I mentioned this on the podcast before. Yeah. But yeah, they reminded me of the 2015 Cubs, where like. Next year is supposed to be the year like where they're supposed to be good, but I just had that feeling that if it all clicked, they have the right pieces. They signed Dallas Keuchel in the offseason. Gilito is there. Uh, well, Michael Kopech was supposed to be on the team this year. Kopech, Unfortunately yeah. not, but everyone's picked up the picked up the slack from that. And then, yeah, just Robert, Moncada, Grandal, they're all, they're all killing it. Yeah, yeah. The bats are there. The runs are going to get scored uh, at this point. Let's see what the pitching can do. And if not this year, like you said, next year for sure. I don't I don't see them for, in Vegas being anything higher than a top five um, for, for uh, best bet. So in other baseball news, the San Diego uh, yeah. Padres uh, – Set a record for I don't know is that a new brand new, is that a record yeah. for all teams or is that yeah record so, for all teams yeah uh wow that's another team that's offense is just as hot if not hotter than the White Sox obviously we know Fernando Tatis Jr. but that whole team again one through nine um they hit at four straight games each game with a mm-hmm. grand slam I know uh, Healy I was on Twitter. And, you know, I saw the update button pop up. So I, I refreshed my, um, uh, my feed. And of course that's you, you know, you were tweeting out, uh, who's it? Hosmer hit that grand slam yep. and, you know, you watched it live. So, I mean, there had to be some electric feel going on, like knowing this team has a chance for another grand slam. Uh, what was going through your mind during that? So the first one we all know started off. Because Fernando Tatis hit a 3 0 grand slam. The next day, in the first inning, Will Myers hit a grand slam. Pretty funny. First inning, no outs, grand slam. Again, insult to injury. Then the third game, I was watching it, and it was kind of funny. It was like, oh, they hit two grand slams. What if Tatis walks here and Machado comes up and hits the home run? And, oh, my, 2-2 pitch. Manny Machado just crushes a baseball, walks it off. It was amazing. And to note, all four of these were against Texas, but the first two were in Texas. The second two were in San Diego. They played a 2-2 series. And then the fourth one, watching with some buddies, and we, we joked around again, like, Oh, like load the bases so that Hosmer could come up and and do it. And uh, the whoever was before him, it might have been Machado. I don't know, but whoever was before him walked, and 
Yeah, we all know what happened. Eric Hosmer gets a nice fastball, crushes it to right. It somewhat barely got over. Like it was it was definitely a home run, but it it wasn't like a four hundred foot shot. Barely over the wall, and I was like, Are you kidding me? Like you you had that feeling that that was gonna happen. That team is just hot right now. Everyone wants to crush the ball. Four games in a row with a grand slam. You know what team I would like do with with the bases loaded, like San Diego? The Cubs. They've struck out in almost half their plate appearances with the bases loaded this year. Horrible. They're batting terribly. But, yeah, San Diego, them and the White Sox. If you are not paying attention to those two teams and watching them, if you have the opportunity to, you are missing out. A lot of young talent on both teams. Oh, yeah. Watch them before they become contenders. Yeah, San Diego has been a very, another, probably my second favorite team to watch next to the Sox, just because bombs, bombs, dingers, left and right. Um, the fact that San Diego hit four grand slams against the Rangers, because in game one, we mm-hmm. know there was uh, an issue. There was an issue. Um, you know, Tatis hit the grand slam. They felt like, okay, you're running up the scoreboard. There's an unwritten rule, quote unquote. And the coach made a comment trying to back up his team for getting spanked around the field. And guess what? There's three more where that came from, guys. <laughs> three more. Step your game up. There's um, no crying in baseball. You know what? There's games with baseball. Baseball is a weird sport. It's all about composure from the pitchers when one pitcher's doing bad you do see some pitchers come in and relieve but when you're getting dominated as a team your morale is down for that that game that series especially um and i know the the cubs had a really really shitty series against the Sox. it was bad but i think giving up a grand slam in each of the four games you played tops that like that is way worse than giving up eight home runs in one game yeah. because that game's over anyways. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But four straight games, you give up a grand slam and, and you, you know, lose all of them and you lose every single one and you cry in the middle of it. You guys just went down like some sad, uh, you know, but um, you, the, the Padres have been entertaining. You know, I, at first, the one thing about the Padres that kind of irked me was their uniforms and their colors. I love them, I like, but they've grown on me. You know, at first I was like, oh man, they just literally remixed UPS colors and made it their own. But now I'm like, the more I see it, the more I like feel like getting a Padres jersey. Yeah. Like a they, jersey. Yep. They have their own personality on their, with their jerseys. Their road ones look cool too. They aren't just oh, blank. Yeah. It's swag. Now that's swag right there. I wonder if they go to swag school, but anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, Padres have been fun. Uh, I, you know, they're obviously in a very, very tough division with the Dodgers, uh, leading the way right now. They, I mean, great bats, great pitching. Kershaw has been pretty hot. Um, you know, I, I would like, I mean, the Padres, I think should end up stealing one of the wild card spots at the very least, if they don't end up sliding into the number one spot in the West, but, um, yeah, they, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Uh, those, I mean, how do you beat good pitching? Great bats. Speaking of people that have uh, been well, Jacob DeGrom. Mm-hmm. He had another fantastic start tonight. Seven oh. innings pitched, one earned, 14 strikeouts. The game was 4-1 to one before he left. And you would think he would get a win. No, he didn't. Justin Wilson comes in, one out, three hits, three earned. Edwin Diaz comes in, walks two guys, allows a hit, only able to get one out. And then Brad Brock just walked the base, walked in the guy to tie up the game. Jacob DeGrom, dude. Never catches a break. Uh, Yeah. 14 strikeouts in seven innings. Personally, personally. As a coach, you're gonna get low. You're you're gonna be, you know you're gonna be scrutinized for that because for one, you took him out of the game. He's only at, I think he had 100 pitches, 104 pitches. Let him at least maybe get another out in the eighth inning before you decide to take him out. See, you know you got to gauge it. Obviously, there's no days off with baseball. You're pitching more frequently, so I get the move. Mm-hmm. Um, but a two hit, 
you know, one earned run. Why? I, I don't know. I feel like pulling him uh, prematurely is obviously backfiring and it's just one thing after another for DeGrom. He's been stellar. He's been stellar. He was at 104. But yeah, the, the Mets, at least they got out of the inning. Bases were just loaded for them. But Jacob mm-hmm. DeGrom, he's always been well. Uh, there was a trade. Trades are going to be a little under the radar this year, especially because they're, they aren't really going to be big pieces. And they happen immediately. And the games are just being played every single day. So Brandon Workman, closer, who used to pitch for the Red Sox, got traded to the Phillies. I don't think they I don't think he was traded for much either. The the Phillies Yeah, the Phillies, I don't think they traded much for him, which is kind of interesting, but Brandon Workman, he was going to be a free agent this offseason. You kind of got to get if you're bad, especially like the Red Sox who only have 10 wins on the year, got to get rid of these guys for something. So the Phillies, they have the worst bullpen in baseball, trade for one of the best closers in the past couple of years. And then Brandon Workman, first game with the Phillies, blows the save, ends up. Oh, no. (laughs) He did get the save the next day, but I think uh, Dansby Swanson was thrown out at home, which saved it. But yeah, the Phillies, they don't catch a break. They they made a trade. The, the The Yankees traded like David Hale to the Phillies for someone, but... Minor trades. It'll be interesting to see who actually gets traded, though, in the next few days. We'll see if any big names actually move. I don't think so. I don't think there's many. Yeah, Especially with how many teams are in playoff contention right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't see too many trades happening. And, you know, obviously the whole COVID situation, you're going to send somebody from the East Coast all the way over the West Coast. There's protocols with that, but yeah, I do remember uh, Dansby Swanson getting thrown out at home. That was actually a pretty uh, wild bang-bang play. Uh, so he, the, the closer went in for the save and instead was saved. So mm-hmm. that's kind of hilarious. There. Yeah. Um, so, but trade deadline, what's that date again? You said it is coming Monday, up. July, or August 31st. The 31st Monday. So mark your calendars. Probably not going to be that exciting. Generally with baseball, it's rare that it's ever exciting. Only the hype. You get a lot of hype. And sometimes you do get big moves. Not usually. Um, but, I suppose but I there's think, there's normally a lot of big trades. I'd say baseball yeah. is one of the biggest trade deadlines. Yeah, Just, it's definitely better than basketball. Because I think it's like the best one because you actually see these big-name players get moved. Like last year, we should have saw Madison Bumgarner get traded. Instead, we saw Zach Granke move yeah, to, to Astros, did, yeah. help out them. Mookie Betts was probably going to be a trade piece if he didn't get traded uh, in the offseason. Uh, you always see it with, like, Verlander a couple years ago. Uh, we saw it with Chapman a few years ago. There's a normally a lot game. of big, 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 big names being moved at the trade deadline. Yeah, so maybe maybe something will happen in, this next, in these next few days. Um, obviously, there's still a season, especially with – However, 30 games left, there might be some moves. Who knows? Uh, obviously, the Phillies have made a couple of moves here and uh, in hopes to catch that second wild card spot in the NL. We'll see how that plays out for them. Um, but I think that's going to wrap up news for the MLB. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, we had a fun week. Uh, baseball was pretty lit, pretty lit, uh, to say the least. Uh, but we can transition over to the NBA where there is – uh news highlights uh, galore they're in the first round of the playoffs let's start off with um let's start off with Luca's performance in game four so obviously uh game five they lost they are down in the series two to three to the Clippers Clippers dominated last game but game four I want to talk about specifically because that game Porzingis was ruled out he's having mm. knee problems uh Doncic he Luca was playing a good game most of the game and just kicked it up out of nowhere. I know that the Clippers are kind of bullying him out there verbally. Uh, Marcus Morris has been physically getting on top of him, stepping Mm -hmm. on his ankle in the series. As I've said before, Marcus Morris is an instigator. 
expect him to be grimy, gritty, whatever you want. That's his role. That's his role. He can hoop and he can be, you know, the instigator. Uh, but Luca's performance, uh, he had the game winner, uh, which I unfortunately did not see live. I was watching the game about third quarter. I turned it off. Um, Mavericks pull off the stunning finish, and it's all hats off to Luca. He had a triple double, I'm pretty sure, through three quarters. He had like 17 rebounds, 13 assists, mm-hmm. and what was his point total? 42. 42. Points. Yep. 42 points. And, you know, Luca is a bad, bad man. He, 21 years old, 21. Um, you know, obviously last year he proved he's a great ball player. He can play with the best of them. I don't see them winning another game in the series if Kristaps does not come back. There's no way Max Kleber or, uh, I don't even know who else they really have that can, you know, run with these, the, 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 the Clippers, you know, mm-hmm. the Clippers are deep. They have Montrez Harrell came back for the series. Who's been on the quieter side, um, physically, vocally, he's letting his presence be known. Um, but the, the Clippers, I just don't see them losing another game in this series. Uh, even for Luca to go off and do what he did again. I mean, it took him a triple double and a game winner to beat, the Clippers you're not going to get that every game from him but you know hats off to him one of the best playoff performances I've probably been able to see in a while you know he's up there with the LeBrons with the Jordan um you know uh, Donovan Mitchell's been having crazy crazy series he's dropped 50 points twice um are you surprised or as surprised as I am by Utah in this series against Denver uh, not really. I did. Like, they're playing in the neutral court. I felt like they're the they're the three and six seed, right? Yeah, Denver's three, Utah six. I, I just feel like that whole middle area of the Western Conference, it's just a huge toss-up, especially toss-up, in a yeah. neutral site. You have Donovan Mitchell, you have Mike Conley, you have Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah. They Joe have a lot. Sometimes can yeah. fill it up. And uh, I think the big thing you just you just hit it on the head. They're at a neutral site. They're not in Denver. They don't no. have the elevation. No. So and you know Conley, Michael Conley has been quiet the last couple of years, especially since he joined Utah. Don't forget, he was doing everything in Memphis. He led them to the playoffs. Granted, they had some talent with Mark Gasol and Zebo and, Rudy and Gay. some other guys. Yeah, Rudy Gay. But Conley was bit, the facilitator. Yeah. yeah, he was a facilitator over there uh, for a while, and he's super talented. And, you know, obviously Ricky Rubio in Utah wasn't bad, but that wasn't the best fit. Conley is the best fit for them. Uh, and, you know, you had – I forgot Mitchell. about Rubio mixed in with them. Yeah, Rubio, they just couldn't get – they couldn't accelerate to to get, you know, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell has been playing pretty well. But they couldn't accelerate past that. Uh, you know, Ricky Rubio isn't an offensive. He's a great passer. I can, yeah. I give him that. He's a Steve Nash of today's time with passing. And sometimes he can score. He's doing well with Phoenix. He's not bad with Phoenix. But uh, for what Utah needed, as you said, they're a six seed. But any team in the middle of the pack, it's a toss-up. Are they a true six seed? Uh, not really. And Denver is another team where... Michael Porter was hot for a couple games, and he has been not for a, the last few games. Um, so Paul Millsap had to step into the starting lineup, and if Paul Millsap had to step into the starting lineup, that's saying a lot because I don't think he started in a while. I yeah, I don't I don't really know much about Millsap this year, but yeah, with Millsap, uh, they have Jokic, Jamal Murray. That team solid as well. I think that's probably the best. The Thunder, Thunder and Rockets, and that series with the Nuggets, Jazz. I feel like it's the best matchup that we've seen. Oh, hands down. Uh, in the East, we saw two. We saw the Sixers get swept by the Celtics. So Celtics already moved on. Heat swept. Um, Indiana, they moved on. In the West, nobody has won a series yet. 
not one series has been won. Uh, Damian Lillard probably won't play another game in the playoffs. He had a sprained knee, which fine. He, you know what? The fact that he even went along with it, he played his heart out. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. I didn't think they would make it. And they won uh, a game. And they won a game. Yeah, they won a game, and Dame played. I mean, he's incredible. He's incredible to me. He doesn't need to win a championship for me to know he's one of the top players of all time. Um, the Lakers should win the series. OKC Houston. OKC blew my mind this year. They, I mean, we talked about it before on previous podcasts. I know Houston is without Russ, and they probably will be the rest of the series. But even without Russ, they've been pretty good. And I like OKC. I like the future of OKC. Shea Gilgis Alexander, they have Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I applaud him. Everybody thought he was done, and this is where he's going to finish his career, and he's just going to uh, deteriorate, and and just his career is going to be killed there. Wow, he's... I thought I didn't even think he would last the season. I thought they would trade him, trade him, or he would get quote unquote hurt. Right? Then yeah. we see that all the time, or DFA'd, no. or like released at some. point. Houston should win the series, but whoever wins this series. And I think they end up playing the winner of Utah and Denver. Yeah. Is is going it's that next series is gonna be very competitive. I'm excited for that next series. Well, this is the four they're the four and five seed, right? Four and five, yeah. So they play against the Lakers. It would be the Lakers. You're ooh, right. Ooh, we're about to see a very good matchup. Doesn't matter yeah. who advances out of this series, I think they're gonna put up a fight against the Lakers. Yeah, and the, the the Clippers, if they win this series, which they should, if you know they go on to play either um, of the other two teams there, Denver that's going to be or... an yeah, Denver or Utah. I personally, I want to see Denver because when they're healthy, they are an absolute beast of an all round team. They're great at center. They have guards galore. They have Jamal Murray, who's been hot. Um, I don't know what the status of Will Barton is or what's going to happen with him. Uh, Gary Harris has been game time decision the past couple of games. He can hoop. He will be back for the next series. Mark my words. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, the list just goes on for that team. It goes on and on. And so the West is exciting as always. The East, I'm not that excited for. The next series, I know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is obviously, oh, Toronto also, you know, they. They it was four to one for Toronto. Uh or they swept. I think they swept. So Toronto swept as well. Um Milwaukee hasn't won yet. They should win the series four to one. But so it's so far it's Toronto uh against Boston, which should be a good series, hopefully. Um mm-hmm. and then we're gonna have Milwaukee uh going up against um Miami. Uh, Miami, which should also be a good series. We don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, I do like Miami. They've been playing really good. So the Eastern Conference matchups are going to get juicy just as much as the West will. Uh, obviously, there is no games played today. No games probably tomorrow. We don't no know when the games tomorrow. are going to come. We don't know. There's there's protests all over. Um, everybody's taking a step back. There's obviously some real life uh, injustice and, and, you know, issues, power issues with the police force and you know, we don't want to get too into it and too, you know, too political, but um, I respect whatever decision that all these guys choose to make um, to, to, to voice, um, you know, to make a stand, to make a stand. They're on the biggest platform of all, you know, compared yeah. to us as, you know, average everyday people, uh, you know, we can do our part, but, you know, for them to, to come together, you know, teams that are playing each other to come together and say, hey, we're going to do this. This is how it's going to be. There's always basketball. Uh, there's a big movement, uh, push for change. And so, you know, I tip my hat to all those people and in all sports and, and all around the world, you know, if there's injustice and obviously if there's change that needs to happen, uh, the fact that we as a country are allowed to protest and voice our opinions, you know, that's what makes us a great country. But there's definitely some change that uh, will definitely need to happen, will need to happen. And uh, sports is always going to be there. Uh, I would expect sports to start back up in a few days. 
Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to, to once that does start back up because there's a lot more going on. Uh, obviously, baseball, there were some postponed uh, games as well because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from all that, um, I've been super excited for the NBA. We did have the um, the draft lottery. We mm-hmm. had that. Yes. Um, we were texting. We were – I probably was super close to FaceTiming you, Healy. You know, I didn't, I probably, I don't even think I had a shirt on. I was kicking back and I was ready to FaceTime you. And the fact that the Bulls didn't get the seventh pick is an answer. That's huge. Huge. So for everybody listening, uh, it's your first time. We are from Chicago. Uh, as everybody else already knows, I'm a huge Bulls fan. Healy's a huge Bulls fan. We have been in a very depressed state as Bulls fans. The owners are not the greatest. Reinsdorf, he's too buddy-buddy with the front office. Well, guess what? There's been many of changes. Boylan finally gets fired. He stepped in as the temporary head coach, in you know, interim head coach. They mm-hmm. give him a contract. Nobody likes him. We've watched them play live, and we are like, what the hell is he doing? Why not ride the hot player? Um, in our case, it was Daniel Gafford. Uh, Zach Levine, it was reported, wanted to fist fight him. He wanted to rough him up. Uh, the players didn't like him. And you know what? It showed. It showed. They were very as expressive as you can be without caring. Um, you know, Zach Levine being the star player, we didn't know what his future was with the team. He was a trade asset. Uh, now that Boylan's gone and the Bulls get the fourth overall pick, Anything and they have happen. new management as well. New management. Oh, our tourist, oh. I'm not going to butcher his last name, who uh, is the GM, uh, the president. Is he the president of the GM now? Um, he took over because, uh, so the Bulls going going way back for, I don't even know how many years now, is John Paxson, Gar Foreman. Did good things with the franchise, but they also did a lot of bad things, as yeah. in nothing. They, they It was Chicago being a major market team mm-hmm. was not a destination for top free agents. Yeah. They haven't been. And people didn't want to go there because of them, because of the things that they heard with the management and everything. They did not want to go to Chicago. Now they've turned a new leaf. They have these brand new guys in. They completely tore down the house. They've rebuilt it from the top. And I am very hopeful. Super hopeful for this team, especially with free agents. In past years for free agency, I didn't even want to think about who was in free agency because I knew they weren't coming to Chicago. With how basketball is, you can turn around a team in a year. We're no longer in the rebuilding stages for the NBA. Football, you'll have rebuilds. or or Baseball, you're going to have a rebuild. Basketball, no longer the case. These guys sign four-year contracts. A lot of them sign options so they can opt out whenever they want. And you can easily turn around a team in one year by signing guys, by making trades. And I I feel like within the next couple of years, the Bulls are going to be right back up at the because of these. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it's you know all it's contingent on what happens in the offseason and the draft. I personally... I would hate to see some of the guys go, but I mean, at the end of the day, we are probably going to lose either Markinen, either Wendell Carter, which I love Wendell Carter. It's a block party. Every time he plays, everybody's invited, but I think the future overall best big man that they have right now is Daniel Gafford. He's great defensively in the paint. Offensively, we we witnessed him personally have a great offensive game. We don't know who, but I would expect somebody to get traded that is going to leave a bad taste in our mouth, but it's going to be for a good reason, whether if it's the trade up in the draft. Now, everybody, a lot of people I'm hearing, are they don't want LaMelo because of who he is or where he comes from. He's a ball. You know, Lonzo Ball isn't playing up to the hype. Their dad, you know, is is the, the new Kardashian of the NBA. Um, I personally like the top three guys in the NBA draft. I'm I'm a big fan of. Uh, you know, I don't 
I don't I don't know if the Bulls really grab anybody great without trading mm-hmm. up. You know, they do have a second round pick. As I well think I use. think someone will slip down to them. It's just I really want Mello, but if they can't get him, if they can't force a trade, I did hear that Lamelo only shot like twenty two percent from jumpers in the Australian league, which isn't great. He has the height. But they either want him, but this this draft is loaded. That's why we wanted number four over number seven. Number seven, yep. you have a chance of not hitting anyone. In this draft, everyone in the top five, I think, is a hit. I, I kind of want LaMelo or I want that foreign guy. Yeah, Denny, a v, a Vigil, yeah. or Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually who they're saying the Bulls will end up probably getting is either him or LaMelo. Mm-hmm. They're saying uh, the uh, Denny... Uh, again, Avij, Avij, I, I'm going to mm-hmm. butcher his name all day. Um, he's supposed to be a, a bigger Luca. Well, we'll see about that. I don't know much about him. Uh, at the end of the day, regardless what happens with this draft, the fact that we have expressed our talent, we've seen Kobe White play very, very good mm-hmm. uh, basketball games, back-to-back 30-point game games. Uh, Zach Levine, uh, his game winner probably was moment of the year. I mean, his game winner against the Hornets with the steal. Um, we have Markinen who has to find it. He's got to be able to find it. This team is so talented, and now that there's been changes, I'm not saying they're going to grab a Giannis in the offseason, but there is a lot of trade rumors that the Sixers are trying to break up the duo of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because they just those two guys can't play together. It just doesn't no. work. So it, yeah, especially with Simmons, he doesn't have a jumper. You have Embiid, who's down low. They need more spacing on the floor, which is why yeah. when you were talking about Wendell Carter before, he's replaceable. If you can't shoot at the center spot, you're replaceable. There's a bunch at of this, you yeah. that that we could find. I don't know about you, but I would not mind them trading anyone on the team besides White and Levine. Anyone else you could trade. I don't care. I don't have any attachment towards anyone. I agree. Levine, when he first came to Chicago, I thought was a bad move. I thought it was a bad move. Mm -hmm. I knew that we got Chris Dunn in the trade and, you know, like Butler had to go. Like Jimmy had to go. And I knew like, okay, Levine's pretty good. He's a scorer and he's a flashy dunker. And then, you know, I'm like, but he's overpaid. But he grew on me as a player. He's a yeah. top dog. The fact that I'm pretty sure he tore tore an ACL, yeah, uh, a few years a few years back, yeah, and came back and is doing what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's gonna his his three point shot is he's got a burner. He it's wet. It it's it's he's he's dominant on the offensive side. Defensive side is a liability, but that's where you can formulate. You can work a good defense around some weaker players like yeah uh you know james harden is a liability even though he leads the league in steals that's kind of a weird stat um but you know i agree with you kobe white has to stay levine should stay if they are to trade levine they have to get someone good you better ship it better be a package it better be uh, Otto porter jr gone too Mm -hmm. i want him gone uh three weeks ago uh he I still assume he's going to accept. He's going to sign the one-year tender with the player option because he's about to make $27 million when he's deserving of maybe $13 million. I do know his three-point percentage was up, so he still could have a really good year for mm-hmm. us. It's not worth the money. In my eyes, he's not worth the money. So that's killing us this year in the free agency. I'm okay with that. I'll deal. I want this team to pull for the eighth or seventh seed in the East, which I think next year they should be able to with a couple different pieces and the right coach. We don't know. All these coaches just got fired in the last couple of days. We don't know who's going to get signed yet. There's so many. Um, you know, Nate McMillan just got fired from the Pacers. Um, you know, Mike D'Antoni is on a one year, he's on his last year of the contract with Houston. Apparently, Indiana's looking at him. Who anybody can get signed right now? Mm-hmm. I think the Bulls would be the most uh, uh, 
I wouldn't say lucrative, but I would say eye-opening for a lot of coaches only because it's a huge opportunity to start with young talent and mm-hmm. a lot of money, not going into the uh, next uh, offseason, but the offseason following. So that this second year, I have high expectations for the Bulls. And like you said, one offseason can turn you from an eighth or a ninth or a tenth seed into a one seed. Anything could happen. One big trade. That's just how basketball is. Um, so as a Bulls fan, having the fourth pick, having a lot of options, having fired Boylan, I am super excited. More excited than I've ever been for, and I've been watching the Bulls nonstop since probably '04, when they had Duhan and Kirk Heinrich, and you know, I think Ben Gordon was a rookie that year. That's when Cephalosha was, was on one of those teams. Oh, Tablo Cephal, yeah, Tablo Cephalosha. I think yeah, was a couple of years later. They had Andres Nocioni. They had Luol Dang. They had talents. Then you know what? This team, they've gone through Elton Brand, Jamal Crawford. Uh, Eddie Curry's uh, Tyson Chandler they've had some young talent that they just let slip mm-hmm. now I can see them getting rid of one talented guy like you said and we'll be okay with it we'll mm-hmm. be okay with it free agent market is huge in the next couple of years I am pretty scared though I don't know if I don't know about you but this is like the Bulls highest pick that they've had in a while probably since like derrick rose derrick rose and that was that was a cakewalk pick it was easiest pick i know that michael beasley was up there too but wow that was an easy pick fell right into our laps weren't even supposed to get the number one pick but at the four at the four pick especially when there isn't like a number one guy this year and there's a bunch of good talent a lot of this talent is going to be good and there's going to be that guy or two that just isn't, and you got to make sure you pick the right guy. Yep. We've seen it in multiple drafts before where a lot of good talent to start off, and you're that one team that messes up. Don't want that to happen. Don't want to pull a yeah. Warrior, or don't want to pull a uh, Timberwolves and miss out on Stephen Curry twice. <laughs> yeah. Literally, they, they missed out on him. I think they had how many? they had so many picks that year. Yeah, the seventh and, and ninth pick. You know, there's guys out there that are like, you know, the Timberwolves, they draft Andrew Wiggins, and you're like, wow, Andrew Wiggins. Jabari Parker went number two. Jabari Parker. You know what? Jabari Parker was starting to ball out before he got hurt again. Mm-hmm. I think he hurt his knee twice. Obviously, Chicago talent. Um, You know, the who did the Pistons draft? Who was their – Darko, Darko, they drafted yeah. Darko, who was supposed to be the best player ever since Michael Jordan, apparently, mm-hmm. and he was the biggest bust. Greg Oden ended up being a bust. These, there's been big names who are drafted top three, top four, top five, who end up being a bust, like you said. So hopefully, at the fourth spot, if it is Lamelo, I think he's very, uh, very well capable of being developed into a. A good, a good basketball player. Uh, Wiseman obviously looks pretty good, but you know we can talk about these guys all day. But at the end of the day, we'll know in three months, four months, whether they're going to make a name for themselves. Looking back at that 2014 draft, the Bulls traded Gary Harris and Yusuf uh, Nurkic for Doug McDermott. Oh man. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Really? Yeah. That 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 Andrew Wiggins draft though was not good at all. I'm just hoping I I feel like this could be a very good draft. This is definitely going to be memorable for hopefully the future and yeah. I'm just praying that the Bulls just pick the right guy. Yeah, and it like you said it's hard. You don't know who the right guy is. We want LaMelo. I I mean I want LaMelo. Obviously you want LaMelo. A lot of people don't, but um doesn't necessarily make him the right guy. But I think a big, you know, going with a, somebody who's going to stretch the floor and be a point forward, um, you know, that's the future. That's the future. You have the big guy, your best facilitator leading the team down court mm-hmm. every single time, Ben Simmons. Yeah, and the uh, Bulls have kind of lacked that. Because, like, if they if they do pick LaMelo, he's going to be the one. You move Levine to the three, you move White yeah. to the two. Or maybe White stays at the one, and Levine's not made for the three. He doesn't play defense enough. You kind of need that three guy to like play some defense and 
also get some boards. But I, if they don't pick him, I hope they get that foreign guy at number four because he'd have the yeah. height, he'd be able to play that position, and hopefully be a good European talent. It worked out with Luca, but we have seen in the past European talent could be um it's what's hit the word? Or miss. Yeah, yeah, it's hit or miss. Could be I I can't find the right word where you you overvalue him a lot just cuz he's from Europe, but he's been playing in European leagues and they play differently over there. I don't know. Yeah. It's We'll we'll see whenever that draft happens. Hopefully, we're satisfied with our pick. I think we should be, especially because the two teams in front of us are gonna take. They're gonna take um. The the centers warriors are gonna take, either James, uh, Edwards or. Is it James Edwards? James James Wiseman and James then, Wiseman uh, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, yeah. So we'll, so, we'll we'll have to see. I think the Bulls will get a good pick. But uh, speaking... Obi Toppin's another one, too. Ooh, yeah. So. Yes. Sticking with the NBA, though, uh, we'll talk about the awards that have been announced. So far, it's been Defensive Player of the Year and Coach of the Year. And the Coach of the Year was actually your pick. It was my pick. Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is I don't get me wrong. Bunholzer with Milwaukee has done great things. But Toronto to do what they did without their MVP player says a lot about Nick Nurse as a coach. Mm-hmm. I know they had Pascal Siakam who stepped it up last year and he's definitely an all-star. Kyle Lowry is a good point guard. He has bad games, though. Fred Van Vliet has stepped it up. It's They've developed a winning culture, and that, yes, does fall into the 12 guys that are playing the game. Mm-hmm. But it also, I mean, primarily falls into the coach. That morale has been held up. They knew they rented Kawhi to win a championship, and they rode with that that whole momentum into the season. They're a number two seed. They are they they dominated in the first series. Granted, they did play Brooklyn, which is whatever. But Brooklyn, I mean, has some talent. Minus Durant and Irving, they still are a talented team. Mm-hmm. Karis Levert is a top dog and will be for the next few years. But the way they dominated, they won a the game by like 30 points, and I was just appalled by it. Like I it was almost like they were facing a high school team. And I know the Nets aren't that good, but um, they did it all year. They played well all year. Nick Nurse, well-deserved coach of the year. He's gotten them to the second round of the playoffs. And maybe they, they might be able to beat the Celtics. The matchup is juicy. It's a juicy matchup. Um, you know, and I think, who was your pick? You had... Uh, I had Budenholzer. Yeah, with for Milwaukee, the which... I mean, he easily could have won it too. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, number one, they have the best defensive team. Uh, it's just hard when you have Giannis on your team because obviously no matter where he goes, he's just the best player yeah. on the court. I just um, thought their record was just so much better than everyone else's that. They dominated. He, he would have gotten it. But yeah, yeah Nick yeah. Nurse, solid pick, especially without Kawhi. And then uh, the defensive player of the year, Giannis. Giannis won it over AD, which I think we both thought AD would have won it. I think he should have won it, but Giannis gets it, which could lead to Giannis getting the MVP. With that vote of him getting Defensive Player of the Year, I think solidifies him winning MVP, if they think that highly of him on the defensive end. Yeah, because offensively, he's dominating. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can pop the three every once in a while. He gets from half court to the bucket in two steps. Um, he's just overall, he's a freak athlete. He's incredible to watch. He's he's second to none. I mean, he's the best player in the league in my eyes. I mean, there's mm-hmm. guys who are talented in different areas. Obviously, LeBron is, you know, a great player. If he gets MVP, I'll be shocked. Um, I he shouldn't get it. Uh, but Giannis hands down has my vote. If I can 
put into the ballot and just vote for somebody. It's Giannis a hundred times back. So, uh, well-deserved. He'll be back to back. Um, they very well could be in the finals this year. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the, the other votes. There's most improved, uh, being announced. I don't know when these announcements are happening. It seemed like it was every other day. We'll have to see. In other news, though, which is just happening on Twitter while we're recording this, the Lakers and Clippers have both voted to boycott the season. Most other teams voted to continue. LeBron James exited the meeting. Miami's Udonis Haslam spoke and essentially told everyone in the room, without Lakers and Clippers, how will the season continue? LeBron James walked out, rest of Lakers and Clippers exited behind him. Wow. That just broke just now? Yep. Breaking live on Twitter while we're recording this. That is wild. I mean, a lot of these guys question whether or not they want to continue the season as it is with everything going on in the world. Um, it's, It's crazy time, and it will be for the next few months. You know, and I think the, the the best thing that you can do and tell everybody if you want change, you got to get up and vote. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing you can do. You know, so that's that's huge. I just got the chills. Yeah, especially this is history right here, and with LeBron being as amazing as he is on the court, he's just as amazing off the court, leading the charge. Enough. Yep. And everyone's right behind him, supporting him as well. As you mentioned earlier, basketball will always be here. This is like a weird season to begin with anyways. We'll see if these games eventually come back. If not, they'll move on to the next season. If they do, they'll just resume from where they left off. But they feel like they have bigger problems. They're going to stand up for them. and More power to do them. They yeah, have the yeah, ability that's... to do so. And we just have to sit back and uh, let them do their own thing. I, um, you know, I read a tweet earlier and it was about LeBron because everything's about LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to sports and sports center and ESPN and, you know, other sources. And the, the tweet was pretty straightforward. It was LeBron's having a hell of a year at 36. He's obviously chasing as many titles as he can right now while he still is in his as as prime as he can be. Mm-hmm. Is LeBron going to keep playing for the championship or is LeBron going to stand up for something more? And that's his action right there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a game. It's a game versus change for everybody uh, in the world. Um you know, I it's that's a that's a huge move, and I would not be surprised. LeBron is the face of America sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. You know, not to draw comparison, I'm not going to compare him. You know, as to Michael Jordan in talent, but he is the face of sports today, like Jordan was in the '90s. And I wouldn't be surprised to see other teams in other leagues follow suit. Um, LeBron does a lot off the court. He does a lot that's um, not spoken of as much as it should be. Um, there's a lot of critics of LeBron um, from him, you know, creating that the school for kids in Akron. Um, and it, it, that'll continue to grow outside of probably just that one school um, to, to what he does, you know, for, for people, just for people in general. Um, this, this speaks monuments and, you know what? Mm-hmm. As as a huge fan of basketball, that being my sport, I'll be okay for no basketball for a while. If yeah. that's you know what it means. We lasted months without it. Like I said, it'll come back eventually, and when once it does, we'll appreciate it. But for now, yeah. these these players they have the ability to do what they want. Some people might think it's wrong, but you, you just gotta let people do what what they're what they want to do. If stuff's yeah. not in your control, there's no reason to get mad about it. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. That's and like I said, that's what this country's built on is freedom of speech and you know, if we want change, you can't just write a letter to the government. Mm-hmm. You got to let it be known, you know. Uh power in numbers and power in power. 
I mean, these NBA guys are some of the most powerful, you know, LeBron is a powerful, powerful person, you mm-hmm. know, uh, he's obviously not in power, but uh, his words and what he does on the court and off the court, although he has a, he has a big following. So that's, that's huge. I applaud him and the rest of the guys. Yeah. So we will, uh, we will see what happens with that over the next few days, weeks. We'll, we'll probably have an answer by the next podcast. But with that though, probably gonna end the podcast on that. Uh, if you guys did enjoy the podcast, make sure you hit that download button. Best way to show support. Uh, follow us on our social media, SR Only Pod. Uh, you can follow our personals, the Healy Six for me, I Goose with four O's for Dustin. And uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful week, wonderful weekend. And we'll we'll, we'll see what happens in this world next week. Hope you guys have a yes. good one. Yes, hit that download button.